Thank you, Father. Can you just say with me, God, you are faithful. Say it again. God, you are faithful. You are faithful. Amen. Thank you. Y'all be seated, please. Today is a, our first family service that we're, we've, we've had. We're going to do this throughout the summer. So get ready for it. Kids are going to be in here during this time, all right? So, hey, worship team, thank you for that awesome worship leading. And, and did, was that last song that was something you'd planned already this week? Since Tuesday, that song had been planned. How about that? So I want you to know that the core of my message, God's been building for like, a month, and I really love it when he gives it to me a month in advance, and I really love when he gives me the outline like a week in advance at least. But I'm telling you that, that the very core of it, the terminology for it, came this morning. The, it came this morning, and today's message is about promises. The title of it is about the promise of God. So I'm going to ask some of the kids if you will help me up, help me out. Uh, some, of you, some of you kids in the second, that second and the third row there that help. You, you, when I asked you this morning, I said, do you know what a pinky promise is? You remember that? I asked some of you that. That was a trick. I really want you to come up here and stand beside me and demonstrate what a pinky promise is. So those of you that helped me this morning, come on up here really quick. It won't take me just a second. You, you get to participate in this. Okay? Yeah, that's good enough. Four of you. All right. All right. So, y'all, if you would, how many of y'all know what a pinky promise is? You know what a pinky promise is? Okay. I asked these kids this morning, they were sitting right here, and I said, what's a pinky promise? And, and they started to tell me, and I said, no, show me. I want you to hold your hand up high and, and show us what a pinky promise looks like. Show us. Re reach out and do a pinky promise with somebody. All right. You're going to have to break them up there and do another pinky promise to get five together. Cause we, there you go. Pinky promise. Now, I ask this question. What is a, okay, you can stop now. What does a pinky promise mean? When you do a pinky promise, what does that mean? You have to do it. You have to do it. Unless, one of you said, unless what? So you can cross your fingers back there and then do a pinky promise and you don't have to do it, right? I asked, what's the difference between a promise and a pinky promise? And it's like, you're supposed to do a promise, but you have to do a pinky promise, you know? All right. Hey, let's give them a round of applause. That was, that was awesome. You can go back and sit down now. I want you to think with me about the promise, okay? Kids, this message today should be for all of us kids in here. So every kid should be able to get this got two points that we're going to look at, but we're going to talk about the promise of God. How do we see that promise of God manifest in our lives and carried on out? So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that promise of God, the promise of God. Sometimes people ask me, how come the Buckners are so into Chinese people or into Central America or into Africa or into missions. How did that happen? Y'all, we stepped into a boat that was already, already floating. It was already going somewhere. 
It didn't start with me. I can point back and say, uh, we did some historical search. Do you know my great-grandfather? I never met my grandfather on the Buckner side. My great-grandfather was a member of the, the Pisgah Baptist Church in, just outside of Jackson in the, the Pisgah community. And we went back there. I went with my mom and dad, and we were looking through the history of Pisgah. And I saw that my great-granddaddy, William Buckner, his name was William, William Buckner was the treasurer at that church. And in the notes, it says, back in the 1850s, that they took up a collection for Bibles in China. Isn't that crazy? And here I think, you know, I was thinking, wow, you know, we're really about the Chinese people. Or, you know, we're really about missions. You know, you, you can look at me as the youngest of the siblings in the Buckner family and think, well, you know, Johnny and Debbie and that took their kids and they went over to live overseas and maybe that was the beginning. Y'all listen, I want to point to my brother Ed. Some, some folks think uh, Donald and I were the ones that kind of started this missions thing, but you're, you're part of the problem, Ed. You're the one that kind of got us started because you did one of the first mission trips. Where did you go to on your first mission trip? Ecuador. Does that answer a little bit of why we have a little bit of Central American, South American flair to it? I don't know how all of that works together, but y'all, listen, there was a promise in my great-grandfather, an investment that he made that I'm actually now taking advantage of. So this didn't start with me, and each of our lives we need to recognize there's foundations that are there, sovereign God foundations these placed there, promises that he set in motion for us. Promises that we gain by coming together in this very room that means his promises are carried on out through us. How do we break that down? What does that look like? Some of you have seen that um, you know, we, we are really about the Chinese. I, I speak Mandarin Chinese. This is one of my favorites, the heroes, Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor. He was the founder of the China Inland Mission. Great guy. You know, I collect books. I love books. Debbie... Man, she's going, Johnny, you got way too many books. We've been unpacking books. There's books, books that we haven't unpacked for years and years and years. We, we took 40 boxes of books to Thailand when we moved there. But, y'all, this is another book, and it's called the, uh, Among the Tribes of Southwest China. That's where we lived in China. Among the Tribes of Southwest China. Y'all, I inherited something uh, through Hudson Taylor and just reading a book. Do you realize if you read a book by somebody, you can actually pick up the promise that's there? Deuteronomy 29, 29, write that down, look it up later. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed are revealed to us and to our children. They're passed down, passed on, promises passed on. If you want to get tapped into the promises of God, get tapped into his family. We're going to talk about how that happens. Well, Hudson Taylor and then the China in the mission kind of messed me up and then went on to a guy named uh, J.O. Frazier. J.O. Frazier. This is, this is the first book that I read is before we moved to China. And it was about J.O. Frazier who lived in Yunnan province. That's where we ended up uh, living. And J.O. Frazier was in a... Uh, an apostle to the Lisu people. He reached tribal peoples in China that had never, kids, they never heard the name of Jesus. J.O. Frazier went to them, and he made a difference in their lives. 
I read this book, but this one preceded it. it this is uh, Behind the Ranges, J.O. Frazier. This was his biography. Y'all, I'm heading somewhere with this. Some of you graduated this past week. How many Mississippi State University students here right now graduated, whether you walked or not? And if you, if, if you didn't, uh, just feel, feel free to... I, I want you to just wave your hand. If you, if you graduated, uh, wave your hand if you graduated. One, two, three, four. Good. Now, I've got something for you. I've got something for you from us. Y'all, this is J.O. Frazier. He made a major impact on my life. Promises of J.O. Frazier affected me big time. So much so that we placed people in the same city that J.O. Frazier lived and where he died, where he was buried. If you look at history of missions, you look at the great saints of old, you won't see his name so much, but I'm telling you, it should be there. He started a movement with the Lisu people that ended up with 20,000 Christian servants of God coming out of a people group. 20,000. It's amazing. Unheard of. And while we were in China and involved in China, we actually placed the first family in the city where J.O. Frazier invested his life, Baoshan in Yunnan province. We placed that family there from England. J.O. Frazier was from England. We placed them there. And y'all... They did amazing things. We saw, we saw in, that, in that city, it was the first Western family place there in 60 years, we saw in that city kids that could not hear. Kids, listen to this. Deaf kids in a deaf school could not hear. And because we placed this family there and got involved, there was like 375 kids and teachers at this deaf school that could not hear. We tested them. And we found that 75 of those kids and teachers could hear if they had hearing aids. And we got them hearing aids and they could hear for the first time in their life in Baoshan uh, City in Yunnan province. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, praise the Lord. Y'all, we train doctors out there. They're called barefoot doctors. And we found the only training that they'd had was 15 years before. And we visited in the hill tribes where J.O. Frazier used to, to work with the Lisu. And we found that in the room where they did deliveries, the dirt floor, deliveries of babies, was also the room where they did their abortions. And many people died. Last training they has, had was 15 years before, and it was two weeks long. That's those doctors. And we sent medical professionals out there, and they trained them. Y'all... I don't have anything to prove. I'm excited about what God did in my life in those days. He's still doing it. Those that we've been a part of. Does that, does that excite you to think about that? Y'all, J.O. Frazier. Well, look, they did a movie about J.O. Frazier, and they picked the guy that we placed in China to play his part. And that guy ended up writing a book. And I'm going to give this book to every graduate that graduated, I want you to hear this one thing that he, he said. He, he wrote this book about J.O. Frazier, but he, on the, the weeks before he died, he died when he was 52 years old. Listen to this. Uh, the weeks before he died, it was suddenly, they didn't, didn't understand it. He says, you know, Roxy, James said one day up in the hills, even when I've gone, I don't think my work in Yunnan will be finished. 
even when I'm gone, my work will not be finished. Now, that's a man that understood promises given and promises uh, uh, passed on. He understood that. When my work is done, when I'm finished, my work will not be finished. It will be passed on. And this book is called The Second Act, Remarkable Story of Missionary J.O. Frazier's Successor. It's a story of tenacity, self-sacrifice, and courage. Y'all, I'm giving you this book, and I want you to read it. 20 principles about that come from J.O. Frazier's life. J.O. Frazier discipled me. He discipled me through the book that his second daughter wrote, Mountain Rain. I learned about spiritual warfare and prayer through his, his second daughter. I learned about J.O. Frazier from this biography. And J.O. Frazier got a lot of what he had from Hudson Taylor and China Inland Mission with the South, tribes of Southwest China. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is something that's passed on. It's something that's passed on. The promises of God build up. Everybody's wanting to do something new. Don't just be doing something new. There's really nothing new under the sun. But if you tap in to God's kingdom family, you tap into promises that are yes and amen in your life and will be passed on to your children. Isn't that exciting? One other little tidbit in this. The foreword is a little bit long. About four pages long. And if you want to complain, just come talk to me because I wrote the foreword to this book. How about that? Because... What I got, I passed on to this guy, and we ended up placing them in China. Isn't that exciting? A family from England, and they're working with the Navajo in Arizona right now. Graduates from Mississippi State University, would you come stand up here? I want to pre present the second act. And as I do this, I want you, I want you to re recognize there's promises in here that I'm expecting to be fulfilled in your lives. Principles of relationship with God. Come on up here. Come on up. If you would, say your name and what, what you graduated in, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, my name is David Soche, graduating computer engineering. Awesome. <laughs> Sydney Soche, graduating veterinary technology. Yeah. <laughs> Let's congratulate them. W wonderful. Yeah. Oh, Caitlin. I had you in my list. I thought you were. Okay. You often do. All right. Congratulations. We do congratulate you, and we, I hope you listen to today's message. It's for you. But it's for all of us, okay? It's for all of us. Thank you. Y'all go ahead and be seated. And I will autograph that forward for you if you, <laughs> if you want that. So if you would, please turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 11. We're going to look quickly. Two points I've got here to this message about the promises of God. Two points. 2 Kings chapter 11. We're just going to read three verses there. Starting in verse 1, 2 Kings 11, starting in verse 1. When Athaliah, 
Ahaziah's mother saw that her son was dead, and her son was the king that had taken over from his father. When she saw that he was dead, she proceeded to annihilate all the royal heirs. Jehosheba, who was King Jehoram's daughter and Ahaziah's sister, secretly rescued Joash, son of Ahaziah, from the king's sons who were being killed and put him and the one who nursed him in a bedroom. So he was not hidden, so he was hidden from Athaliah and was not killed. Joash was in hiding with Jehosheba in the Lord's temple six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. Now, that's a lot of crazy names. Let's just, let's just take those apart real quickly. Jehosheba actually means God's promise. Isn't that crazy? Jehosheba means God's promise. Yahweh's promise. That's what this lady's name was. God's promise. God's promise and Jehosheba saved Joash. Joash actually, or Jehoash means the fire of God. We've been talking about fire in the south, be the fire. Joash means the fire of God. Joasheba preserved the promise of God through Joash. And here's the way it happened. Athaliah was the queen. And, and Athaliah means God is great. By word, she was saying God is great. But in action, in her heart, she was not. Because she ended up doing what happened to the kids in, 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 in uh, Luke when, uh, in the Gospels, when Jesus was born, you know, they killed uh, the firstborn trying to get to Jesus. Athaliah did that. She tried to eliminate the royalty. But listen, God's promise follows through his kingdom family. So the way to tap into God's promise, first of all, to get in line with God's promise, we must be born into the kingdom family. For us, in the New Testament, it means being born again. When we're born again, we're born into the kingdom of God family. Boom. We become sons and daughters of God. As soon as that happens, we tap into a heritage that's incomparable. It's, it is, you, you can't even imagine how deep those promises are. God gives those to us. So the first thing is that we must be born again to tap into the promises of God. If you want to get in line with the promises of God, you must be born again. Y'all, listen. The enemy is doing everything he can to stop us from being born again. Even as he did in the Old Testament, he is trying to kill that before it happens. He's trying to stop us. But some of us, even in the church, are giving lip service, even as Athaliah, saying the Lord is great, but our walk is not there. Why? You know, this, one of the saddest verses we'll find in the Bible is, depart from me, I never knew you. That's people that were going to church. These were ones that were uh, casting out demons, not just teaching Sunday school and paying their tithe. These were ones that were actively seeing the promises of God being revealed to other folks, but they did not 
have that living relationship. They had never been born again. If you want to tap into the promises of God, you must be born again. And as I prayed, I thought, maybe there might be someone here today that has been going to church. Y'all, look, it doesn't matter how much you've gone if you don't have that living relationship with Jesus. If you've not been born again, you must be born again to tap into those promises. You must be. God didn't come through Jesus to make bad people better. He came to make dead people live. So there's a lot, I believe there's a lot of people that are dead in the church that have not ever tasted of the promises of God because they've never been born into the kingdom of God, born again. Today's a good day for that to happen if you haven't. If one person does that today, it'd be worth it all. Must be born again. So to get in line with the promises of God, you must be born again. It comes through the kingdom family. Second of all, and this is the ongoing part of it, we must discover the promises of God. We must train up the promises of God, and we must guard the promises of God. Follow with me. I'm going to put this down. I, I, I want us to get this, y'all. Jehosheba saw in Joash the promise of God. There was only one. He is the one that the lineage of David passed down to Jesus. He is in that lineup. And, and Jehosheba, she is the promise of God protector. She took Joash, pulled him out of that situation with his nurse, and hid him away in the temple. Now, Jehosheba was, was married to the high priest in that day. She's the only person in royalty in the, in the kingdom of Judah that was married to the high priest. She was married to him. She took Joash into the temple. She discovered him, took him into the temple, and began to train him for six years. And if we read on down, we would see how her husband, the high priest in the temple, on the seventh year of that little boy's life, brought him up, put a crown on his head, called the army together, and said, you stand guard over this little boy. You know, we know about Josiah, King Josiah. He was eight years old when he became king. But Joash was seven years old. Anybody in here seven years old? Titus, you're seven? Anybody in here eight years old? Oh, look at there. Two of you that are eight. So Josiah, when he became king, was your age. Okay, but Joash was your age. And he reigned for 40 years. 40 years. And most of that was good because he had godly counsel. He was taught by the priest, uh, Jehosheba's husband. When Jehosheba's husband died, then he kind of fell back. Josiah didn't fall back. He continued on. But the promises of God were coming through that little, little child. Here, this is the application, y'all. In church, are you looking for the promise of God in the next generation? Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you discovering the promise of God? Graduates that just graduated from Mississippi State, you may be leaving Starkville and going somewhere else. You tapped into something when you walked into this building that hopefully you will never let go of. 
Rehearse what God has put into your lives here. The good. Any bad, just throw that off. But the good stuff, you keep it. Okay? Wherever you go, rehearse that. And let that be a building point for you wherever you go. Because those revelations that you've gotten here can become the revelations of the children that you end up having spiritually. But you won't have those children spiritually if you're not looking for the kingdom of God in that next generation. Do you hear what I'm saying? Look for the kingdom of God in those around you. It's not just the ones under you. It's those that are beside you and those that are above you. If you get to those that seem to be more like spiritual parents, tap into them and you'll get some of their promises. Do you hear what I'm saying? Tap into brothers and sisters and you can encourage the promises in each other. And then you're looking for the, the Jesus in the next generation, and you can actually see the promises that are in you passed on to that next generation. So discover the promises in those that you're going to be leading and influencing. Discover those and call those out. Y'all, too often, we kill the promises of God by rehearsing the lies of the enemy. When we praise God, we're saying this is who God is. In the midst of praising God, the lies of the enemy fall off of us. We sing the truth and they, the lies fall off. Y'all, last week, I was so proud of Josiah. Didn't he do a good job with that word last week? It was powerful. If you didn't hear it, you need to get a copy of, the, the, of that, that message because it was powerful. One of the things I heard Josiah say was in the midst of his rebellion, in the midst of his confusion... He knew that all of his life he had been taken to church on Sundays. Y'all, I, I, I'm just going to confess something to you. As I've been thinking about church in the past 20, 35 years, I have been thinking that church should come out of, out of Acts. And I've, I've been saying, y'all, church is not about what happens on the Sabbath. That's when they went out and did evangelism at the synagogue and reasoned with people about Jesus. Church should happen Monday through Saturday. But I went back and looked in Ezekiel, where we've been studying out of the, the past several months. In Ezekiel 20, one of the, uh, the things that God was, was uh, highlighting to, to the people of Israel that they missed was they were, not, they were not observing the Sabbath. They were not observing the Sabbath. And he says in chapter 20, about five or six times, because you have not observed the Sabbath, you don't know who I am. And there's something about being together on a, on a special day that God sows promises into us, Josiah, that will one day bear fruit. You will discover the promises and help others to discover the promises if you're here on our days of gathering. Don't miss that. Yep. So let that, let that be a standard for you. Yeah, we know there's so many things that's wrong in the church that gathers on a Sunday. But God wants us to be together. Y'all, I'm telling you, you can go to any church. If they're bringing that, the written word is up on the screen or something, you're going to get some truth. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let the truth of those promises go down into your heart. You're going to find, discover those promises in the next generation, but you'll also discover them in the house. So Jehoshiba discovered the promises in Joash. She trained those promises in Joash, 
and then she protected them. When Athaliah came on the day that, that the crown was put on Joash's head, she came and she said, treason, treason, treason. And the high priest took care of her. He had the guards sitting there. They were ready. And the reign of Joash began, and it says that he did all that was right, even as his father David had, had done. The same kind of heart, the same kind of actions. She protected, she discovered, protected, trained, and protected the promise in those underneath. Children, you are important to us. When, when, when I'm done here, my work is not going to be done here. You're supposed to carry that further. My ceiling should be the floor for you. You should be standing on what your parents already have. Y'all, teenagers, if you're having struggles with your parents and you're going, I just can't get along with them, recognize the enemy's trying to do something there because God wants you to connect with the promises that are in your family so that you can stand on those shoulders and go up. Some of you are investing in relationships right now that a year from now, you won't even be seeing the people that you're talking to. And you're, you're not spending time with those that you will be there for you the rest of their lives, if not the rest of your life. God is into family relationships. Okay? I know there's some brokenness and some exceptions in this. But to, two things is, one, two things, get in line with the promises of God by being born again. And second of all, discover, train, and guard the promises of God in the generation beyond you. Look up, look to the side, and look down and see the promises of God in you, revealed to you and through you to see his kingdom advance. That's the word of the Lord. Y'all, some of you have had promises that have not been fulfilled. And I think the Lord wants to say to you, start dreaming again. Some of you. Some of you that are older, that thought God was going to do something and you haven't seen that happen, invest in the promises of his kingdom. God is faithful to his promises. It will be accomplished. You may not see it. It may be carried out beyond you. But stay faithful to the promises that God has already given to you. And those of you that are younger, tap into. Uh, when, you, when you go into other places and you're, you move to other places, you look for God's kingdom family wherever you are. Tap into that. Find the promises of God there. Tap into that. Let, that be, let, let your walk move into the ship that's already moving there. You hear what I'm saying? So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the revelation that you have given me in, these, in this last month about this, this whole concept, that, Lord, you would seal that in each of our hearts and that we would walk out in a freedom and a power and an authority that we didn't know before we came in here because of the truth of who you are and what your promises are. And we say yes and amen, even as your promises are. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the word, and that's the response. I, I, I want to ask, though, uh, if you could, I think we need to have some prayer. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to do like an invitation time. But I think there's some people that need some prayer. And if you need some prayer, I want you to kind of wave your hand. This is a part of protecting, guarding and protecting the promises of God in each of us. Okay? Do you mind if I share what, it, what yours is connected with? Jeanette's uh, grandson was, was, was killed uh, a, a, a little bit over a week ago now, right? Yeah, a week ago today. And so uh, they had the funeral this past week, and uh, she's grieving right now with that, and Lamar. So we want to come around you and stand with you, Jeanette, you and the rest of your family, in Jesus' name. Okay? Um, Leonardo, can we pray for you again? Is that right? I just think that we need to stand with the word, the promise of God of healing over your life. We want to guard that and protect that and feed that in the name of Jesus. Is that okay? I'm going to ask that not a whole bunch of you gather, gather around, but Donald, are you in here? Could you go over this way too? And maybe just get one other person and you both of y'all lay hands on uh, Leonardo, if that's okay. And others you can agree with just a little bit from the distance there, but we want to continue to stand. There's so many things to rejoice in God's promises already through Leonardo, but we want to ask for the fullness of, of healing for Leonardo. We want to stand with his family in that. How many of you know the enemy is attacking, right? Have you seen that? I saw it this morning right around me. And y'all, the enemy is not the, it's not, let's see, Leonard Ravenhill said it this way, if they've got a social security number, they are not the enemy. Okay? The enemy is not flesh and blood. So I want to encourage you, we need to stand with the promises of God over Leonardo. Anybody else that needs some prayer today, agreement with you? I'm giving you opportunity to call out for it. Okay, Nancy. Uh, we, let's, uh, have, let's do the same thing here. Let's get, can we have two people stand with you there? Is that all right? Can, can I have another uh, lady or two go, go over there with, uh, with Nancy? And we're going to continue to stand with you for the promises of God over you, Nancy. In the name of Jesus and Tim. Anybody else? Donya Gloria, praise the Lord for God's hand on you. Donya Gloria, God bless you. Healing and life to you in the name of Jesus. Patty, healing and life to you in the name of Jesus. You know, I, th I think sometimes I look at the, your whole family. It seems like the attack has just been hard there. You are a strong family. You are a significant family that has a lot of promises from God. And we want to stand with you for the promises of God, not just over individuals like Leonardo and Yadira and their children, but over you, okay, in the name of Jesus. Maybe if one, is it, is it okay if we have a lady put a hand on your shoulder also? Okay, could, Tassie, could you do that, please? And maybe, uh, Caitlin, could you go over here with Patty, too? There you go. Anybody else need some prayer? Yes. 
Oh, Donya Ingrid, sorry. <laughs> Donya Ingrid, I knew that. Sorry, I'm calling your name Donya Gloria, and it's Donya Ingrid. So we speak the blessings of God over you. We call you by name. We speak the blessings of God over you, Donya Ingrid, in Jesus' name. And, and it is glorious. <laughs> it is glorious. Right? Anybody else need some prayer? Ed? Ed? Okay. It looks like we already got a couple of around, around Ed already. He's being swarmed there already. But we just stand in agreement. We rejoice in the good promises that we've seen fulfilled already in Ed. That the effects of that stroke are, have, have been minimal. That you're normal in every way. Just a little bit dizzy and sometimes nauseous. And so we just speak even into that. And we ask God for your healing for Ed, too, in the name of Jesus. And for you, too, Trish, and for your family. Anybody else? All right. You don't have to say it to me. You can turn around to somebody else and ask for prayer. Beverly. I want to say that you are doing what Jehoshiba did. You are calling out the promises in these young ladies on Sunday mornings. Thank you for doing that. You keep doing that. As you do that, you recognize the promises. You are training and protecting the promises there. Amen? There should be no place for someone that's older in our fellowship not being able to have a relationship with those that are younger in our fellowship. Younger ones, I'm going to tell you, pursue some of the older ones in here. Go to them and say, hey, I want you to pray for me. Just at, at least that. I'm going to call two people out on this. Ann, when I see you on this side over here, and Paige, when I see you on that side over there, I feel protected. I feel like you got both those sides covered. Right? Amen? Aren't you thankful for them? Do you realize how many years of promises these two represent? Boy, don't you want those promises revealed in you? Right? You hear what I'm saying? Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord and to his children that have been revealed to them and to their children. James even tried to cut off his gray hair off. But he's still got some of that wisdom back there in the back. Tap into that from James, right? Phil, you old hungry guy, you, hungry for the Lord. God is peeling off the lies on your life and into your families. And as you re respond to him, you're going to see a blessing, not just in you, but to all of you, to your whole family. I speak that out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So some things can be broken. By the way, if, if you come in here on a Sunday morning and you're kind of feeling like you are more pewish, you could sit in the pews, all right? But 
You might be moved out of your comfort zone into one of them chairs. And, but just feel the freedom as the Lord does things in each of us. Allow him to reveal his promises in us, right? Let that go exponentially. Barbara, how many more, how many more Sundays do you have here? Two more? Two? Okay. We got two more Sundays with Barbara before she and little Debbie go back to Ghana. So y'all keep that in mind. Protect, train, guard the promises there in prayer. Okay. Y'all, I sense a difference across this room right now. Father, I ask that you would seal the promises that we've already received, that you would help those promises to go across go down and go up, and that we would see your kingdom family promises revealed in every person in this room. Ken, you don't know how many promises are already in you that you've passed on down to your daughter. She has gotten so much from you, and you don't even, I know you know some of it, but I'm, I just, I feel like I need to call that out in you, man. You are a wealth of promises inside of you. There's some some powerful things that God has done in your heart since you, since you were born. And I just bless that in you because we have Ashton. And some of that comes as promises through you. Bless you, brother. Thank you. All right, what I'm doing, y'all do it. You hear what I'm saying? This is like a little modeling. Do it. Do it with your kids. Stop agreeing with the enemy in their lives. When you start calling out the, the, the bad things in their lives, you could be agreeing with the accuser. Okay? You agree with the promises in their lives. Jehoshiba saw the promise of God in the man of fire, and he became the king. Will you look for those promises?